0: Welcome to The Heal Podcast, where we believe God heals people in the way that brings Him the most glory and brings us closest to Him. Whether you've received healing, you're in the fight of your life, or you gave up on God a long time ago, you are welcome here. As you come to the table, listen with an open mind, knowing everyone's journey is unique, but pain is our common language. Welcome to the Heal podcast. My name is Tara badham Denai. I am your host and I have been here with you guys for a full year. So this episode is airing on March 15th, 2021, and I started this podcast in March 16th of 2020. So tomorrow is the 1 year birthday for the Heal podcast and so much has happened in that year. First of all, it was started right before all the lockdowns started taking place for COVID-19 and the pandemic. Then we had the riots, we had the presidential election, the start of a new year, and one of the craziest years in at least the U.S.'s history. So it has been going on, this podcast has been going on through all of that. We started with this podcast being called the Vying for Victory podcast. We felt a few months ago that we needed to streamline everything since the Heal Retreat and the Heal Ministry has come out of this. And so we changed the name to the Heal Podcast. So we changed the name. We've had guests on. It was every week. I felt like God told me to take a step back. We did every other week for a bit. And now we're back to every week again in 2021. I had a wonderful friend come on staff who is helping me. Edit podcast now. There's just been so, so much that happened. It's been incredible to watch this family grow to see everything that God has done, to get feedback from people about something a guest said that has really resonated with you and all of that. So we wanna celebrate. Celebrating is a spiritual discipline. We see it all throughout the Bible and we don't wanna just let this date pass without acknowledging what God has done in the past year through this podcast. So I thought it would be the perfect way to celebrate to give you a few highlights of some of the episodes that we have had in the past year. So if you missed some, maybe you found this podcast later, This is a great episode to get some highlights, enjoy, and I pray that God speaks to you through these episodes. Here at the Heal Podcast, we believe God heals people in the way that brings him the most glory and in the way that brings us closest to him. So we really try to grapple with the mystery of God in all of these conversations. So we believe that God heals people through medicine, through doctors. We believe that God heals people through miraculous, where God supersedes the physical realities that he's made and heals us purely by his nature and power. We also believe that God heals people by taking them home in ultimate healing in heaven. And I know that's not the answer we like all the time, but it is true. And then sometimes we're left to fight the good fight here while we aren't seeing physical healing, but God has a greater plan. So in these episodes, I have tried to pick ones that are examples of those four ways that God heals people. So this first one is Irma Cantu, who lost her daughter to spinal muscular atrophy, but has a beautiful story and a beautiful faith with what God has done in her life through it. So here's Irma from episode five.
1: i realized that there is no such thing as normal everybody develops what is normal for their specific family but if i take my eyes off of the lord and look at other people i'm always gonna fall short we're always gonna fall short of god's grace no matter what and that's why he says keep your eyes on me so i said okay show me what our normal is What is normal for Mia? What is normal for us as a family with my other son, you know, my son, Benjamin? And that was a long, hard road. It was a lot of tears, a lot of tears. And she was just such a happy little girl. It was was nice to spend all my time with her. But then we got the diagnosis that she would probably not survive past the age of two. And at this time, by the time everything was said and done, she was already 18 months old. So I kept telling the doctor, you mean to tell me she's probably going to die within a year? We won't have her past a year. And he's like, I'm so sorry, Miss Garza. That's that's probably what's going to happen because she's not as advanced, as strong as some of the other kids. And, you know, there's different levels of spinal muscular atrophy. And I had to really search my heart and see what I really believe. Do I, do I believe in the Lord to heal her? Do I believe what God's word says, am I able to stand firm on his promises, you know, that are yes and amen, and do I believe on the the work that was done on the cross? He died on the cross so that we are healed. The word of God says we are healed. So I had to start praying the word over her and start believing. And listen to what Irma learns after she's doing CPR on Mia. Lord, you have to intervene. You have to intervene. I cannot do anything, nothing. I realized at that point that without him, I was absolutely nothing. I had cared for her, I had loved her, I had danced with her, I had made her feel dizzy so she could experience what being dizzy is like and all the little things that other kids would do. And I could not give her life. I was not Jesus. I wanted to give her everything that I could, make her life as normal as possible, but life isn't something that I can give. God gives the breath of life, and when God chooses to take it, he has the right as God to do so.
0: And finally, listen to what Irma learns after Mia
1: has gone to be with Jesus. Did she get healed? No. I don't believe at all that it was a lack of faith on any of our part. If you remember the story of David, when he sinned uh, with Bathsheba and they had a child and he fasted and prayed for this child, for God to heal him and God didn't heal him. Sometimes the healing comes in heaven. Sometimes the intervention will only happen in heaven. And as I prayed about this podcast and what we were gonna talk about today and what I could say to other people who may be listening to this, I kept saying, God, why would I have gone through this? Why wouldn't you have healed my daughter when I feel that I believe to the very end? I'll get to that in just a minute. It was uh, three in the morning on a Saturday night, Saturday morning, that after they disconnected her and it took a while for her to pass and to go be with Jesus. At three in the morning, I remember My pastor was there, his wife, and a a close circle of our friends, family from church. At three in the morning, my husband said, you know, I really believed Jesus was going to heal her, and he didn't. And I looked at him and I said, you can't stop believing. God still can heal her. She still has life in her body. She is not gone yet. God can heal her. I believe God can heal her. And my pastor was like, yep, God can heal her. It's not over. The fact that she is with Jesus right now, there is hope because I am one who doesn't live without hope. I live with the hope that I will see her one day. She is in heaven. I have proof by a friend who had a dream that she is dancing before the Lord. And every time that the grief would sit in and, and the complete darkness would come around me. and I would bawl and I would cry and I would weep. Jesus would remind me that she's with me. She's alive forevermore. She has reached the final destination, which is heaven. I did all that God required me to do for her. I taught her about him, and she is in his presence dancing before him. Ultimately, that's our goal, to make it to heaven, to be able to see our loved ones again one day. When that is, we don't know. But we will come to see our loved ones again if they trust in Jesus and have him as Lord and Savior. And she is. She's in heaven.
0: I love Irma's story because she had full faith all the way through, past the point when Mia had passed away, even for a resurrection. And God and his sovereignty still chose to do something different. And there's an even cooler testimony. She only briefly mentioned it in that clip about the dream her friend had. So go back and listen to that. I believe you will be encouraged. And this next clip is from episode seven with Dan Mears and Dan Mears is the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl in February of 2020, but then COVID happened and Dan's schedule for speaking that is normally super full got squashed and instead he got to come on this podcast with us. So we're really grateful he had a huge bungee jump accident practicing for a mascot stunt. A lot of pain, a lot of lessons learned, but I particularly like this quote from a lesson he learned in the hospital.
2: One of the uh, things early on that encouraged me just because there's so many times where you just feel like giving up. And mm-hmm. I'd been in the hospital. And it was probably the second day I was in, maybe the third day. And um, I was just, no, it was, it was the first day I was in the hospital. That's right. Because I was going in for surgery the next morning for my back for these, and they were going to install these new titanium rods in my back and you know the night before you you go in for surgery they don't let you eat or drink anything and so I was completely dried up you know my pain medications they were giving me dry, would dry me out and I had these oxygen tubes that were sticking up my nose and to help me breathe those were drying me out I was still dehydrated because I'd done a wolf appearance earlier that day before I got a herd. So I was a little dehydrated there. And the only thing that would give me any relief is the nurses gave my wife this little cup of water and they also gave her a stick with a sponge on the end of it. And anytime I'd just get so dry that I couldn't take it because I'd go to lick my chapped lips and my tongue would be completely dry. So it was just a miserable feeling. So whenever I was just so miserable, my wife would take this sponge uh, on this stick, she'd dip it in this small styrofoam cup of water, and she'd just use it to wipe my lips. And this went on all night long. And I remember it was probably two, three o'clock in the morning, and i still hadn't slept. And you know, she's wiping my lips with this, this sponge. And it dawned on me, you know, there was another man I read about one time. He was thirsty. He uh, asked for a drink, and offered it to him on a sponge. And of course. Uh, that's Jesus in the Bible, he's hanging on a cross, and as I am thirsty and at this wine vinegar, they hold it up to Jesus' lips, and, and the Bible says, he said, it is finished, and with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And I realized, lying in that bed that night, that Jesus was also familiar with pain, and just like it was no accident that I was in that hospital bed, you know that was all part of God's plan for my life. It was no accident that Jesus was hanging on that cross either. that was also part of god's plan that was god's plan for restoring sinful man you and me back into a right relationship with a holy God and so in my back back in my Bible, I had this quote that I'd written down many, many years before my bungee accident that says there's no such thing as accidents. They're all just incidents in God's perfect plan for our lives. And and that night I was just reminded that, yeah, okay, it was no accident that I was flying there in that hospital bed. It was no accident that Jesus hung on that cross either. Those are all part of God's plans. And and uh, even though I didn't understand his plan at the time, didn't even like his plan at the time, I knew he had a plan. And he's God and I'm not, and I'm just... And I knew in in time that I would eventually uh, let me know what that plan was.
0: After I interviewed Dan, a couple episodes later in episode nine, I got to interview Madison Cawthorn, who experienced a different kind of accident. He was in a car accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down and with so many injuries that he was given a 1% chance to live. He shares in this clip coming up about the eternal perspective in that. And something else that was cool about Madison is that after this interview, he went on to win his party's nomination and beat the incumbent, and then he ended up becoming elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. So that was pretty cool. And I think you'll enjoy this clip. Did you ever struggle with that bitterness of, hey, I was a follower of you and you st- still let this
3: happen? I did. No, and it, it's such a trap of the devil to be able to compare yourself to others. Yeah. I found myself in the same position you were. So I was kind of like, I would, I would just look at it. some of the world and a lot of people in the world and say, they are just completely not living for you at all. They are going in the opposite direction. They are actually trying to lead, purposely lead people away from you, and yet you let them have their spinal cord, and all I wanted to do was serve you. I, but, and then a lot of people always say, well, God's going to use you through already using me. Why did, he need to, why did he need to put me through this terrible traumatic injury? But at the end of the day, you know, we, the thing it's hard to come to terms with is that uh god is not the current executive of human affairs at the end of the day they are still patiently waiting for god to come back into and into and to, to win the war with with finality but right now there's still a struggle going on between the principalities of the and the powers of the earth and the air and so i believe there's a lot of spiritual combat going on and for whatever reason uh with the way that god has it set up i mean we know we know he's all powerful but for whatever reason He's allowing this uh, this struggle uh, between the, the demons and the angels to go on. And I, you know, I feel like uh, sometimes when things when bad things happen to you, it's just it's just unlucky, you know. Some it's just yeah. I don't feel like God, you know, moved His hand and instantly made it happen. I, I feel like He's given us a significant amount of free will, and with yeah. that comes a lot of danger.
0: Yeah, I'm reading a book right now by Henry Frost. He wrote it in 1931, but he was just talking about how the different types of healing, but the fact that we can get so consumed with wanting physical healing that we want this life more than the next one. And the very fact that we have physical pain and that these things are imperfect is actually one of the most beautiful gifts of pointing us towards the world to come and that this isn't our eternal destiny.
3: You're absolutely right. And uh, something that I kind of can't have to come to terms with is that We will not have the opportunity to exercise faith. You know, our our rewards that we'll be able to put at the feet of God are based upon how faithful we are on this planet and and throughout this life. But we will not have the opportunity to exercise faith when we get to heaven because we won't need faith. We'll be able to see God. It'll be real. I don't need to exercise faith to believe in gravity. I know what's going on at all times. So right now, like, although this world is hard, it's an opportunity. It's it's an opportunity to show your your worth.
0: And this next interview comes from episode 10 with Paul Butler, where he talks about a lot of his journey being a missionary in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and also his recent journey through bone cancer. And I do have an update that just recently in the beginning of March, Paul was doing really well with his treatments and the cancer cells were down and he's he's doing well. So we're really excited for Paul. Still keep him in your prayers. And I think you're going to enjoy this perspective on this age-old question we ask, well, why me in suffering?
4: People have a hard time with these kinds of questions. Like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, is God really good? And, you know, some people said, Pastor Paul, I don't understand. You know, you did this, you go that, you went to Africa. You, how could God let this happen to you? You mm-hmm. know, or how could God do this to you? And I was just like, that, that question doesn't even make sense here. <laughs> you know? It's like, God has only ever been good to me my whole life. And, uh, you know, I I think sometimes, especially in America, we have developed such a sense of entitlement Hmm. that if we press all the right buttons and we do all the right things, then God owes us health and wealth and a happy life. You know, thankfulness is one of the big things God taught me through this experience because I began to realize afresh that God doesn't owe us anything. Every breath we take is a sheer gift of grace. Yeah. Whatever work we have, whatever career, income, opportunities, we didn't get any of that by our own wits. It was a gift. And, yeah. um, you know, even people that say, well, I'm a self-made person. I, you know, pulled myself up by my bootstraps. You know, I always tell people, well, not, that's not the whole story. You had some, quote unquote, lucky breaks along the way. Somebody helped you. There were some serendipities. You know, there were just some things that, that came together in the right way at the right time. It's a gift. And um, I think if we get out of that entitlement thing that God owes me either because I've been good or God owes me because I've suffered so much already, I deserve a break. If we can get rid of that thinking and just realize that life is a grace, it's, all of it is undeserved um that'll help us a lot yeah
0: well i mean it's i think you're spot on but i mean if you look at what happened after the close of the gospels and acts i mean all the disciples i mean except john died horrible deaths and then we're like if they die that way who are we to think that we don't deserve to have pain on this earth it's it's very interesting how we Think that's very logical, but when we back it up against scripture and history, it doesn't really make sense.
4: No, it doesn't square. It doesn't square at all. But as much as we say we love the Bible, I, I think a lot of the evangelical world in America does not like that narrative hmm. of suffering. You know, they just they just want to hear that if you do the right things, then you know God will quote unquote bless you. You know, meaning nice things and a happy life. But um, whatever you have is a gift. And if we can cultivate thankfulness, I think it will save us from that entitlement mentality and we'll learn to accept suffering as par for the course. You know, Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, mm-hmm. but you know, be of good courage because I've, I've overcome and you know, so it's not doom and gloom, but it's reality in this world, you, you're going to have trouble. And you look at like the apostle Paul who in second Corinthians uh, says, we had so much trouble in the province of Asia, we were pressed beyond our ability to, to endure, so we despaired even of life itself.
5: Mm. And that
4: was the Apostle Paul. So, yeah. um, you know, who am I to think that I'm exact?
0: And I want to share an excerpt from episode 21 with Haven Faith Shepherd, because I think her humor, her quirky nature, her perspective on life is Absolutely inspirational to go from having her legs blown off in a bomb that her parents committed suicide with to being adopted, and then to being a Paralympic hopeful in the sport of swimming. Listen in on a short excerpt of Haven's fun perspective. And that's the thing
6: about not having legs too. Like it's like being pregnant like all the time. Like <laughs> oh my people want to talk about your legs like yeah. a pregnancy. How is your pregnancy going? you know, how do you wake up in the morning? Like, how do you, that must be so hard. Like, mm-hmm. I, I always say, guys, it's not that hard. Like, you guys put on shoes every day to go outside. Well, sometimes. Well, a lot of people don't wear shoes in places. But like, you, you guys put on shoes every day to go places. Like, you put on glasses so you can see. Like, I put on my legs to walk to the kitchen to get cereal. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just... Like my life isn't that hard. If putting on my legs every morning is the hardest thing in my life, then my life is not is not that bad. Like yeah. <laughs> if that's the hardest thing I have to do, it's not
0: that bad. <laughs> This next clip comes from one of my dear friends, Kayleen Baker, and Kayleen was in a rock climbing accident a couple of years ago where she lost her leg in her hand. And in this first clip, we talk about what it looks like to forgive when maybe a human who is flawed, maybe by accident, maybe on purpose, but something someone did could have led to your physical pain or limitation. How are you still working through, how do you walk in in forgiveness Mm -hmm. of, you know, you say like, I don't, I do wish it never happened Mm -hmm. and maybe it could have been prevented. I mean, there's bitterness towards the person perhaps, but also even towards God, right? Mm -hmm. Of like so many things of, oh, there were pebbles and we decided to go anyway, or, you know, we decided to hike again. Why did we have to hike that day? Mm -hmm. Like any number of things and it would never have happened. Mm -hmm. That was a really... Lots yeah. of questions. Yeah. Just forgiveness and yeah. what you still have to work with. How do you mm-hmm. present that to the Lord? And mm-hmm. even what does it still look like?
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think before I knew who actually set the route, I, I was frustrated with that person. And I think there was a little bit of unforgiveness for sure. But it, it I felt like it was easier to forgive like mm-hmm. a nameless, faceless person. Like yeah. some person set that route got I forgive him. But then when this person that I've known my entire life, like went to elementary school with him, like I've known him forever to have him come up to me and tell me that he was the one that set the route. He's like, it's just hard to think like, if I wouldn't have ever set that route, this wouldn't have happened to you to have that happen. And to know then who to, who I could like pin it on, I think just made it all the more real that I need to forgive this person and you know I'm I'm still processing through that I'm still choosing to forgive him every time it comes up but I think what really helped me with the forgiveness process is right after I had found out right after your, your wedding um, I went to Colorado for a, a staff conference and we were worshiping and we were singing reckless love and as we were worshiping, I felt like God just was like, you know, this guy doesn't know me, and he he needs to know me. He needs to know my love, and I want to use you to help bring truth into his life. And so please, like, pray for him. And so I think that's kind of mm. what helped change it. It's like, okay, this guy doesn't know God, and he needs people to pray for him. And mm. so instead of me being bitter and angry... And like swearing at him or whatever, I can pray for him. Be like, okay, God, mm-hmm. help me to forgive this person because they, they also need to know you and, and help me to change my prayers to, to like praying for him to have restoration with you rather than to like dwell on bitterness and frustration towards him.
0: Yeah. yeah. Because we're all about the theoreticals that don't exist. Mm-hmm. What if he was a Christian? I mean, would that change it? Then what, you can still pray for them, right? But I mean, even regardless, it's not like you did it on purpose.
7: Yeah, yeah. And I think the the conversation would also be quite a bit different, like when he told me that. Hmm. Because it, yeah, I think conversations with him would would be different Hmm. if he did know Jesus. Yeah, but I think still, I mean, forgiveness is necessary, regardless of if the person loves Jesus or not.
0: Walking in forgiveness is not a one done thing yeah no it's every day so I could sit here and say you know like oh do you forgive him Mm -hmm. and like how freeing is that like yes I forgive him but it's a it's a choice all the time Mm -hmm. yeah and this next clip is one of my favorite stories on the closeness of God in the midst of our everyday struggles
7: and a, a really beautiful thing about God through all of this just a quick story yeah but I I was having a really frustrating time because it's really hard to do things one-handed. And I was trying to wash dishes one-handed, obviously. And I got really mad. And I, like, threw the sponge because it was, like, it was just frustrating. Mm -hmm. I threw the sponge. I swore. And I was listening to worship music. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, instead of worshiping, I'm, like, sitting here swearing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, I'm so Sorry. And I just started bawling, and I felt like God. He just like surrounded me with his love, and and what I had said is like this effing sucks, you know, and I felt like God came in close, and He's like, Kayleen, this does suck, and I am here. And it wasn't a but I am here, it was like, this really sucks, and I am here, hmm. and I felt like that it was just so comforting to not excuse my pain, to not, like, you know, push it away, like, oh, but God is good, or, you know, like, but this. Like, mm. excusing everything is like, yeah, it does suck, and I'm here. Mm. And so I think that's how I see every day when it's when it's hard, like, knowing that God is close. Yeah. And, you, you know, there's some days that I feel His presence. There's some days that I don't, you know, I don't feel His presence as much. But I always know he's there because that's what the Bible says and that's who I know God is.
0: So that was Keelene in episode 22. And the next guest that I'm sharing a clip from was actually on our podcast two times. The first one was episode 14, but we got really sidetracked talking about racial reconciliation. So I asked him to come back for a second episode where we talked more about his physical things going on. So Shadrick Bell is a pastor in Austin, and he's had a ton of misdiagnoses, and he is still absolutely in the fight with what is going on in his body. So first clip is about the spiritual warfare that we can face.
8: The goal of the counselor is to ask good enough questions to help maybe have you, let you have a a better perspective or a different perspective of what you're actually going through to help kind of help you navigate through some of the muck and, distractions and taunts if we want to go christian taunts and flaunts of the enemy of the the bible yeah. that says is the accuser day and night he's the accuser that says god doesn't love you that your body isn't worth it that his resurrection doesn't matter that he could never have the possibility of healing you here or he just wants to let you suffer and there is no physical resurrection of our of our bodies <laughs> in eternity just to make you lose hope in God. It's not so much about the body as much as it is the body is the conduit that the enemy is using to have you not trust in God himself. And so it will help you be able to, to work through that so you're not by yourself.
0: Yeah. And this next clip is the perfect demonstration of what it looks like in an everyday life of someone living with limitation or pain and how we surrender that to the Lord.
8: So I can kind of just go through the life of what it looks like today because it's been super stressful. So one of the things that I naturally struggle with just in general is the physical toll that it takes on my body with my physical stuff each and every day. So when I wake up so many times, I feel the, man, I don't know if I'm going to be limping today. I don't know if I'm going to be hurting today. I don't know if this is going to happen. Like today I woke up and all of a sudden my foot's swollen. I'm like, man. All right, let me like take some extra time to get downstairs to get myself prepared to do this. And now I'm walking and people are I'm limping. People's like, What's wrong with you? Don't you know that you're limping? I'm like, dude, I know that I'm limping, <laughs> you know, like, or I can go to the gym and like, Why are your legs so skinny? I'm like, dude, I'm doing legs. Trust me, there's like a whole other thing going on. And so yeah. so whether it's that or whether it's the toll of, hey Shad, like you totally sucked as a husband yesterday, or this was a rough yeah. game, like and you're married, or this was a rough day at work, or nobody else is walking through a divorce, and now you have to counsel them. There is more political tensions that are in the air more than ever, to the yeah. extent that people are literally hating each other. And you start, no matter how much you preach, no matter how much you talk to them, no matter how much you show that we see all throughout the Bible that God calls us to pray for our leaders, and it doesn't necessarily mean that if somebody's in office before or they're in their office now, that God is actually endorsing them. We can read the book of Judges that just says God doesn't necessarily endorse everybody. And to see people say, well, God is anointed this person. He's anointed that person. I'm like, no, these are just your idols. And so all of these things are getting to you by the time you wake up. <laughs> For me, this is just how I, I'm just a person who internalizes stress. And I think that for the majority of my life, it's just been just push through, be a fighter, which I am.
0: Oh, you're an eight on the Enneagram, right? Yes. I forgot that. Okay, sweet. (laughs)
8: Yes. Push through, be a fighter. But now I actually preached this message two weeks ago, and it's been hitting me harder than ever that I am not strong enough to do this. You know, yeah. I'm not strong enough to handle all of these things. And it was my total weight room, bench press max <laughs> on the football towel verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But really that passage isn't about how we can do all things. It's about this contentment that, that we have in the, the Lord. As Paul is writing this from jail saying, whether I'm high and things are great or whether I'm low like, I'm good. And everybody's like, you have needs, Paul, you're in jail. <laughs> there, You're potentially going to be executed for your faith. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm content. And so the, the, the thing that stuck out to me the most is three words. He says, I have learned. And I'm like, man. OK, so this is a learning process. This isn't like something I arrived to. This is something that I can't just muster through. I'm going to have to learn how to be content. And so when these moments rush and overwhelm me, I actually sit down and I process with God. I'm like, God, this sucks. And I I cry and I get angry. Some days I cuss (laughs) and I just lose it. And I've hit stuff and I've thrown stuff and I'm like, you don't look like a pastor right now. And I've gotten past the point of just saying, how do I try to make myself this extremely moral person versus god what are you trying to work through in my heart right now how can i learn to be content in this moment and so i've learned now to try to be a more emotionally healthy person which means i have to process my feelings i have to process my emotions i have to say and be real before god so that way I think I'm mad at God, but I'm actually allowing him in (laughs) and for him to come for me and remind me of his word and to encourage me and to allow people into my life and to say, hey, I'm weak. I can't carry all of this by myself. And so I need to, if you want to use an Enneagram term that I'm learning, it's like I'm having to learn how to lay down my sword and take off my armor.
0: Oh, that hurts me as an age. It
8: does. And to be bare and say, God, you've called me a fighter, but I can't, as I'm trying not to cry now, I can't, I can't fight anymore. Yeah. I'm called to fight, but you are, you're the one who is with me in battle. And so my strength isn't good enough. So Lord, give me the strength of what it looks like to, to love when it's hard. Give me a strength to learn how to be a better husband. Give me the strength to learn how to lead in these moments give me the strength to learn how to fight this unknown you know diagnosis disease not even one more day just just one more second yeah and and how do i empty myself before him so that his strength can be made powerful in my weakness so now it's gone from this depression anger sad frustration to this this stripping which is hard for people like you and i (laughs) And, and now saying god like um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that everybody is inspired by my faith and my perseverance, but right now, I don't have that, and the yeah. only thing I can do is stand in you, and so this is what my life is looking like right now, mm-hmm. and, I, and, it, and it's hard because you just want to go back and you want to just start being like Peter and chopping off people's ears and kind of saying like, you know, like, no, like, not right now. Let me help deal with with you and and knowing that he's going to bring something good out of it. And so it's easier to say on a podcast than it is to live. Um, But that's kind of what my process is like right now
0: talking about when things have been taken away from us or when life is harder than it normally would be. This is an interview that was one of my favorites. Elijah Scheidler, who by the way, has helped us with a lot of stuff with Heal. He's helped me film sermons. He helped us shoot the entire promo videos for Heal, which are fantastic. If you haven't seen those, he is so generous and also has an incredible testimony. So in this episode, we talk about when he had a nerve problem in his arm that took away his passion and love of playing piano
9: and so those things exist in me like those are things hmm. that God's planted in me that can only come out through piano which is massively frustrating because i can't play anymore yeah and so i think processing like how do i hold that space with god that now it's become a gentle place where we sit together and i let I let my requests and desires be made known to him, I'm like sitting on a porch watching a sunset together, drinking a glass mm-hmm. of wine. I'm like you know, I with really,
8: God, yeah,
9: with yeah. oh God. I'm like you know, I really, I really enjoy piano, and I miss it. He's like, yeah, thanks for telling me that. You know, he doesn't disregard it, um, but there's just a knowing that he's like, yeah, I know. I feel that. I feel that with you. You know, I'm like, yeah, I just, I was missing it. I just thought I'd tell you, you know. Mm. Anything else on that? He's like, nope. but we're here and I love you, you know. And so it's an interesting space to hold. Um, Like getting ready for the interview, I went back and listened to Tchaikovsky's concerto. Mm. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, I think sharing the mess with one another, like, you know, being that three year old boy again, just like transported to that place in time. And like feeling the resonance again, like stirring it up, like not running away from it. But when things resonate, like when it's on that resonant frequency, all you have to do is whisper and it'll move, it'll move your heart. But not running away from it. Uh, just closing that room of my heart and just saying, I'm never going to visit that again. Yeah. So like in that space, you know, it's like, I still can't play piano. I mean, I can, but then it, the fallout is really bad. Like three, three, four weeks, you know, i lose mm. control of my arm. It hurts.
7: Wow.
9: That's just, that's not, I can't do that to my family. It's just not wise choices. Yeah. But, um, but to sit in that space, like, let this happen. Like, let the mess happen. Like touch it, Um, give that desire and that temporal frustration to him, and then just sit in it and just continue to be honest and say, it's still there and hasn't gone away. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you in the mess.
0: And here's one more story from Elijah. I couldn't help it because I love his perspective and i love the eternal perspective that he portrays here
9: the end of time says we will know fully even as we are known so again there's like this pairing together of like all the thoughts and so sitting with god and dreaming big dreams that i want to know god he's infinite yet intimate and so i sit with him like you said asking for things that causes him to lift more than just his pinky finger (laughs) like it's stupidity to pray in faith. It's like, no, it's impossible. It means without ability. And so, I think sitting with him as a little kid, my kids instruct me immensely. Like, I come home (laughs) and they draw me pictures, and they're like, Dad, this is you and me. You know, it's just like this scribbled picture. I'm like, what is it? They're like, explain it to me, please. And they're like, this is you, Dad, and here's your eyes. And they show me what they made, but they're creating it out of their love for me. Hmm. They're waiting for me to come home and they were making this gift for me as best as they can. Yes. I swear that my highest thoughts when I get to heaven, that I'm going to be sitting on his lap. And be like, Dad, while you're waiting for you to come back, I gave it all my artistic ability, and I drew a picture of the reality <laughs> of the kingdom. And he's like, explain this to me, buddy. Um, and so I think sitting within that, so even I think even in this thought is like demonstrating how my brain works. This is one thought, I promise you. Um <laughs> So in that place of praying audacious things with God mm-hmm. is saying, Father, the secret to my contentment in nakedness or clothed, wholeness or brokenness, pain or comfort, I learned the secret of contentment in all situations is saying, I want your heart and mind to be able to think about where I am in this journey Mm -hmm. as you are thinking about it. And I'm going to ask for these things out of your heart. So I'm not having received healing in my arm, and I still have this desire to play piano, Mm -hmm. that there's the reality of heaven, that there is no pain, there's no brokenness, we have whole bodies, like there's the resurrected power of Jesus. Saying that's the reality that you live in, Father. But Right now I'm experiencing something that is in contradiction to that
10: Yeah.
9: but then just sitting in that <clears throat> and saying father teach me how to be a representation of you as you are and I'm gonna color the picture why cuz I love you and when you come back I'm gonna have this beautiful picture that I made for you,
6: hmm.
9: you know, and, and sometimes it's scribbly you know, yeah. But I think through that process of staying there and staying oriented to, I'm making pictures, I want my life to be a picture, a representation of who God is, yeah. as He is. I'm just going to get out another sheet of paper today, and I'm going to draw another picture out of everything that I know with you up to this point. Mm-hmm.
0: So again, Elijah was episode 27. And this next one is someone else who talks about the closeness and nearness of God. I absolutely loved this episode with architect Rick Archer. And Rick had a back problem after being a gymnast that was miraculously healed. And then it returned 20 years later, he did surgically healed. He also ended up dropping a weight on his face and having a crazy unexpected pain experience. So go back, listen to all of Rick episode his episode is 35 but here's just a brief glimpse who is god to you amidst pain
11: he's near we love to quote the scripture that says be anxious for nothing in all things with prayer and supplication make your requests known to god but we we forget that the reason is the verse that comes before that it says god is near Hmm. be anxious for nothing.
0: I need to go reread that.
11: It is his nearness that allows us to live with the pain to not be anxious, no matter what we're experiencing, because it is absolutely human and normal and right to not want pain or to be anxious when we're encountering certain things that aren't the way they should be. But my experience in my times of pain and people who have handled pain well that I've observed is that God draws really near.
0: Okay. So, what is pain without God?
11: Hmm. It's interesting. We were talking this morning in my Friday morning Bible study. We were studying Genesis and we were talking about God creates light and separates the light from the darkness. God creates life and then talks about death. God creates goodness and says, hey, we're not actually supposed to know the difference between good and evil. And so what, what emerged was this notion that what is, is God, is life, is light, is good. Everything else is the absence of that. Hmm. And so I've never experienced pain without God. But I would suspect it feels dark, and it feels lifeless, and it feels evil.
0: Pretty unbearable, I would imagine.
11: Because it is only God himself that casts out those other things. Yeah. Now, in him, there is no darkness at all. Amen. And so whatever pain we may be in, if God is near to us, it is not a dark place.
0: Mm-hmm.
11: There is darkness in it that we have to wrestle through. Sometimes it's really hard to see him in that place, but I'm convinced that Jesus says over and over again, fear not for I am with you. And so, you know, I, I think in in the times when I've been in the most pain, it is really just crying out to him and saying, Lord, come, come quickly, be near.
0: Our next clip is from two friends that have become dear to me, even though I haven't met them in person, Carly and Mark Dimbor. Mark has had, after a biking accident, horrible headaches, like beyond belief, pretty much all day for years and years. And then Carly has dealt with depression as well as lupus, and they're married. So they were a Valentine's episode, but they also talk about different temptations and ideations that they struggle with with suicide and so suicide we do not believe is the answer and I think this conversation is really important because I think a lot of people who struggle with severe physical pain and limitation have these thoughts whether it's the more logical kind like Mark's or the more invasive kind like Carly's so please don't take this out of context go back listen to their entire episode it's episode 40 but I did want to give a little bit of a glimpse into their journey and how we can combat these thoughts that are not from the lord
5: it would have been emotional and i probably would have taken my life a long time ago Mm -hmm. and without my faith and like where my true hope comes from it'd be really hard to come up with reasons to stick around especially before meeting carly
12: yeah so when you are kind of having that logical suicide and i think something you said earlier was like suicide temptation and i think that that would fall in line with kind of what we're the logical suicide whereas i i don't think that temptation would be the right word to describe when you're having those like very true intrusive thoughts but so when you're having those sort of logical suicidal thoughts what helps you? Sorry, our cats are meowing to get in the room. Gotta love the fur babies. Oh, oh my gosh, okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you have to edit that.
0: <laughs> we'll leave part of it in there just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it real.
5: <laughs> so you asked... Like, you're... what helps you? What helps me? What
12: do I do that helps you? Or, or what could I be doing better that would help you more?
5: I feel like it's, it's a thought just like any others like how I struggle with anger and how if I let it fester and sit too long and I'm not taking my thoughts captive, it grows and it all it's all encompassing and really takes over. And I feel like in the same way that how I would deal with anger or other emotions, that's how I would need to deal with it, where I have these little mind pictures of when I pray and I'm feeling really distraught and really isolated and you know struggling with the suicidal thoughts, I picture I I picture God's hand above me and almost levitating me up to Him, where I'm just completely surrounded by His love and His care. So I have these, similar to Carly, like these soothing things that I do. I I think of that. I pray. I maybe do my deep breathing, or I like, well, it's like mood follows movement, we've always heard. So sometimes I'll get up and move. And yeah, it's really how I would deal with any negative emotion.
12: And I think also, when it is a logical suicidal thought we can combat that with the truth from the bible and i think a lot of times what that conversation looks like between you and i is well just remember like we weren't promised a pain-free life we weren't promised an easy life god came here and suffered and died and all of the people in the bible were in good company If you're looking at the people in the Bible who are just suffering and really our hope is not in this life. And that's what you said, how how you commend people who are not Christian in chronic pain because really our hope comes from the Lord and that we are not living for just this life that we're living for the next one.
5: Yeah. And I feel like what you're saying, it makes me think it's kind of like you combat those logical feelings with logic. So like we logically will look through the Bible or logically Carly will kind of walk me through, you know, yeah. bird's eye view me again and kind of walk me through what's really going on.
0: And this, Mark, I relate. Really, I feel like you did such a good job describing it because that is, I think, 100% how I felt when I was in that place. Carly, I have not experienced that kind of, I don't, I'm not going to call it temptation. I don't know what the right word would be, ideation or
12: in, invasion in your mind, Yeah. Like intrusive thoughts and suicidal ideation. That's the medical terminology really for the the symptoms. Yeah.
5: I I feel like one thing I want to add about like the suicidal thoughts that you deal with is we talked about what you do in the moment, Mm -hmm. but like, I think it's also really important to, that's kind of like symptom management in the moment. What do we do ahead of time? Because it's an ongoing problem, something you're struggling with depression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, what do we do ahead of time with therapy and that oh kind of yeah, stuff?
12: I mean, yeah, we go to therapy. We haven't been. I mean, we're kind of at the place where, right now, we're not actively going, but we have our resources if we need to. Yeah, and then I would say, really, what helps me a lot is just my friendships and being able to talk openly to people and yeah, tell them what's going on and kind of get I have one friend who just she I tell her all the time she does the best like tough love and just helps me so much and so I think that's really the thing that helps me the most
0: It has been such a joy to be on this journey with you guys over the past year, and I am so grateful whether this is the first episode of the podcast you've ever listened to or whether you've been there from the very first one. I am so grateful you're here. I hope you are finding that this podcast draws you closer to God, whether it's amidst your own pain. Maybe you don't have a physical pain or limitation, but you're finding truth from these episodes and whatever reason you're here, we are so, so glad. And I just want to thank you for being on this journey with us. I have one more episode that I want to share with you, and it was recent, but the reason I want to end with this is because it is such a happy note of praising God, and I know we don't always experience healing, but sometimes we do, and Dick and Chang was our first international interview, and he was diagnosed with sickle cell disease at two years old. His pain crises developed to the point where the disease almost took his life, and then he got a bone marrow transplant, was on bed rest for Two years afterwards, and now he has created an international foundation for sickle cell. So he is supercharged, ready to go, feeling like he has a brand new life to live. And here is our clip from Dick's episode.
10: But I've not been able to cry, shed a tear, nothing. And I pray one day I do. I pray yeah. one day I do. That's going to be an indication that things are back to normal. But life has been, let me describe it this way I can make a plan. I can plan ahead Mm -hmm. and I execute. That's powerful. That's something I could never have done before. Mm. You know, prior to the transplant, it was like, okay, exams are next week, Wednesday. You know, all right. We'll study, get everything and check. Yes, now we're going to ace these exams already all set. The day before exams, I'm in the hospital. And now I'm feeling crushed and I'm feeling disappointed and sad. Now I can prepare for an exam. I can get into the exam room and I can ace the exam. I can set a meeting and show up for it. I can, heaven's sake, that's, <laughs> it feels surreal. It does because... It's an empowering feeling. It's something I could never have done, at least not without bothering me every second that I'd fall into a crisis before that day comes, before you know it, that event happens before no. Now I can plan and I do it. I can say it and I do it. My energy, my passion, my, my resilience, which I'm very often praised for, comes to me more naturally because now I can do. I could not it's <laughs> I want to say I'm unleashed but it's empowering yeah. and because of that I think of it like someone who has been lame for 40 years and now he can walk he'll probably spend the rest of his life running and I want to believe that's what my life right now it's like and I'm going to live every single day of it in thanksgiving
0: Live every single day of it in Thanksgiving, whatever your situation is here. I pray that you can live it in Thanksgiving, that you can live it to the glory of God, that God is near. He has not abandoned you. His word says that he will never leave nor forsake you. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We will drop a new episode every Monday. So subscribe. Please share this with your friends. Please give us a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this. And we will see you soon.